Man, it's good to be here this morning. I'm, uh, I'm honored, honored to be here. Thank you, uh, Dr. Graham, for the invitation. Thankful for my... For my team that's here this morning to uh, support me. Uh, it means more than you guys know. So thank you for being here. Thank you, uh, students, for allowing me to share for a few minutes uh, with you today. I uh, believe that the message I'm going to share that God uh, has placed in my heart is actually something been working on in me for probably the last two, two and a half years. And, uh, and I want to get into that. Before I do, something that I read this week uh, in, in a reading plan that we're doing as a ministry just stuck with me. And I shared it Sunday night in our, in our uh, awakened service. But there's something about the, the value of being known by God um, I think we miss at times. One of the things that that uh, passage shared was so many times we we have this tendency to believe that because, well, if God knows everything, if he has all the information, he knows what I'm going through, then because he knows it, I don't have to say anything to him because he already knows this stuff. Um, But information does not equal transformation. Um, uh, It's just a course, I hope you don't mind I pick on you for a moment. Um, but I don't know if you guys have followed, but I mean, he's lost over 50 pounds in the last like eight or nine weeks. It's been incredible. <clears throat> but it wasn't just because of information. There's something about activation. There's something that you have to do with that information for transformation to take place. And I think sometimes uh, you and I go through certain things in our lives and we face certain struggles and we're thinking, God, where are you? God, I'm going through this. Don't you know what I'm going through? And I believe what God would say is it's not enough for me to know about it. I have to be invited into the situation if you want me to do something about it. And so many of us think that, well, God, you have the information. And it's like Adam and Eve, when when they were caught in disobedience, when they were caught in their sin, when God came and walked through the garden, he knew that they had messed up. He knew that sin had happened. He wasn't asking them, where are you? Because he didn't know. What he was hoping was that they would invite him into the mess instead of hiding in their mistake. And I think so many times, especially at this place where you are in life and where you're walking through, it's easy to say, God, don't you see my situation? Don't you see what I'm facing right now? And he says, yes, I see it and I know it. Are you willing to invite me into it? So I just want to say this morning, it's not enough to know. You need to invite him because information plus invitation or activation is what brings transformation. So let me pray real quick. We're going to be looking in 1 Kings chapter 17 today, but let's pray and just ask God to be with us. God, uh, prayer is that you would speak. Um, God, I don't need to be remembered or known, but that you are and that your word is. So speak today to our hearts. We love you. So we pray. Everybody said... Amen. Looking at 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to look at the story today of Elijah, uh, just the beginning part of his story. Uh, I've titled this message, Trust the Process. Um, and and, if, and I, I say to students, I say to you, um, I believe that uh, note takers are history makers. Um, and, and I say that because what I speak to you today, it might not speak to your specific situation or what you're facing right now. But there will come a time when you're in the midst of a process and you're wondering, God, where are you in the midst of this? 
And when you and I write things down, we commit things to memory, it's easier for us to look back and say, no, I know you were with me then, so I know I can trust you now. And so I would encourage you, not just today, every day, you guys have world-class speakers in this chapel on this platform week in and week out. Take advantage of that. Take notes. Hold on to it. Because I believe that the same God who spoke through them will speak to you regardless of the situation you're in. Looking at the life of Elijah, and, uh, and there's something just, just powerful. You guys, as, as, as students, you probably already know these things, and I get that, but I just ask you to indulge me to share for a few minutes today. We're going to look at starting in verse 1 today of 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'll read and we'll go along. It says, Now Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishba and Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, There shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Interesting story. It's just the beginning of this, of the prophet Elijah. And honestly, I missed a lot when I initially began to read through this story. But a few summers ago, really about two and a half years ago, God began to drop something, download something into my heart that I thought was for that moment. I thought, okay, God, this must be for a message that you're about to, you're wanting me to speak. But it hasn't been until today that I really feel like it's, it's, coming to fruition. And so today I want to share something that God's really been walking me through uh, over the last few years. I want you to look at those first few words of verse one. It says, now Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishba and Gilead. This is the first thing recorded about Elijah. I went back, you can look in chapter 16, try to find some information, but this is literally it. This guy named Elijah, he just shows up We don't know anything about him before this other than he was, as it's written, a Tishbite from Tishba. Now, I'm no scholar or theologian, uh, but I've I've searched through several commentaries. Different theologians have different opinions here. Some would say that Elijah was maybe from the tribe of Manasseh or the tribe of Gad. Uh, Others would say there's a possibility that Elijah wasn't even an Israelite, that he was a Gentile that God used to demonstrate who he was and what he could do. Either way you look at it, there's something significant that you and I need to hold on to this. Is that this, God doesn't need your platform. God doesn't need your platform. We have a story here, and listen, my mama, my mama always told me that honesty is the best policy. So let me be a little honest today. Before I'm honest, I need you to see a picture of my family because they're really amazing and you need to see this. So, this is, so I think I sent a picture in. Uh, this is my family, Amy. Uh, we've been married now 13 and a half years. Uh, my son Jackson's 11. He's in our youth ministry now. That's crazy. For me, I have to tell true stories about him now. I just I can't. And that's my daughter, Sadie, and she's nine and she's in fourth grade. And so this is us. And we've been in Minnesota for a year now and we absolutely love it. And can't and it just can't believe it took us this long to get here. So there you go. So let's go back. Mom told me to be honest, and so let me be honest with you a little bit this morning. Um, growing up and going through college, even after my first few years as college, when I was a missionary, um, I would sometimes have this attitude that. I was a pastor's kid or a missionary kid. I'm a PK or an MK. And so that I must have been a little bit closer to God than everybody else. 
I mean, God called me to ministry when I was 11 years old. I mean, I came from, I come from a good family. Um, my parents are great. Our parents are missionaries now for 25 years. Like, like I mean, I, I've, I should be a little bit higher, a little bit closer to God. It was like almost like I stood there and said, hey, God, here I am. You know, I mean, that was kind of the attitude that I would have at times. And yet six years ago, after, sitting, after a time of sitting out of ministry, I'd sent out resume after resume after resume, and nobody was calling Nobody was just dying to bring in Parker Dickerson as the next person on their staff. I was humbled and recognized that from the beginning, it's not been about me. God doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need your platform. From the beginning, he has been God and he will continue to be God. But he chooses to use imperfect people, the average Joe, and will do as he pleases according to Psalms 115.3. See, it would have made sense for God to use a Levite or someone from the right pedigree or with the right credentials. But he picked a nobody. He didn't tell us where he came from, who his parents were, who he learned under. God didn't need Elijah, but he chose to use him. And students, hear me. God does not need your platform or your abilities. I believe that he called you. You're in this room today because some of you are trying to figure it out, but some of you have sensed a call maybe to ministry, maybe to be a pastor, to be a, to be a lawyer, to be a doctor, to be a businessman or a businesswoman, to be a mom or a dad. He has called you, but you've got to understand this. Your call is not enough. Your call will not sustain you. Your call will not keep you from being discouraged in ministry or in the marketplace. Your call does not lavish grace upon you. It is only Jesus that does that. And it's important that you and I recognize it's not about the call, but it is about the one who has called us. And he doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. Lamentations 3, and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I say, don't get so attached to the call that you miss out on who has called you. There are going to be moments that you're going to have to have to remember that being faithful and you're being faithful to the one who called you, even in the midst of a difficult situation. And at times you may wonder, God, why am I here right now? Why am I facing what I'm facing? And you're doing it because of he who called you and appointed you. And because he's faithful in the midst of what you're facing. Elijah the Tishbite from Tishba, a nobody from nowhere, comes on the scene, tells the king, the most powerful man in the nation at this point, that it's not going to rain. Now, from my perspective, the king probably didn't think much of it because who is this guy? He's nobody. But Elijah drops the hammer, and in verse 3, he hears God say, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the river. Elijah just stepped into the beginning of his ministry and what God was calling him into. I mean, the guy says it won't rain until he prays. And it's more than just a threat because we see as we read on through Scripture that it happened for three and a half years, no rain 
God was going to honor his words and actions as he was sent by God. And to me, it just in my own personal, I look at it and logically I'm thinking, okay, here's your guy. This guy now, God, you're about to put him in the, front, in the forefront of everything. He's not only going to stand up to the king, he's going to take the king out. Like, this is your man, because that's our logical way of thinking. And yet what happens? God says, now, go hide. I don't, go hide? But God, don't, look, what, I just stood up to the king. God, look, you just gave me a platform here. You just gave me, you brought me to the forefront and you're telling me to go hide. How did that make sense? A lot of times the process doesn't make sense. You know, I'd imagine that a large percentage of you that are here at North Central, you're here because you sense God calling you or leading you here. Maybe you have a gift or a talent. Maybe you've heard people say to you since you were a kid, oh, God's going to use you. Oh, you've got something special. Oh, you're just great. I, I, listen, I heard those things too. And I remember getting to Southeastern back before most, some of y'all were born. I remember getting there and thinking, I've got my guitar. I can sing a little bit. I'm going to be somebody on this campus. And so I remember, I remember coming up to this and seeing this other uh, missionary kid, this other MK, and I saw her. I was like, oh, missionary kid, I'm a missionary kid. All right, this is going to be good. And so I just, I just knew, just knew that, listen, I'm going to play my guitar for her. I'm going to sing a little bit. She's going to see how close I am to Jesus. It's going to be good. And so I invited her down to the courtyard well, we were going to sing some worship music because that's what you do at Bible college. You go in and you just. And I got there and I saw six other guys with their guitars doing the exact same thing I was doing, thinking, but God, I thought I was special. God, I thought I had a, I thought there was something, and yet I get to this campus and I'm swallowed up because I see all these people around me. I'm thinking, how? God, you've given me a gift, but God, I can't play drums like James. Are you kidding me? I, I can't preach like, like President Hagen. I can't sing like, like, like Jeff. I mean, how, what, how is this supposed to work? God, what am I supposed to do? And when you look at the, the, the Hebrew, the root, the Hebrew root of the word cherith, it means to cut away, to prune. And I think there were some things that before God could use Elijah, there had to be some preparation that happened in his life. I'm thankful for the time that I had at Southeastern where God was preparing me. Some of us, it's easy to look at where we are right now and think, God, this isn't what I signed up for. God, I just knew, I just knew, I just knew that this was going to be it, that now I was going to find my place, that people were going to know me, that I was going to have this, and yet here I am. I can imagine Elijah getting a little frustrated with God. God, what, are you, what is this? But we don't see him talking back to God. What we see is... Something that I think we miss a lot of times is that God didn't need his platform, but he chose to use him. But he did want Elijah's obedience. He didn't need his platform. He doesn't need your platform. But he wants your obedience. 
Elijah didn't get a big head and say to God, look, I'm just getting started. We're, we got something going here, God. Me and you, we're in this. God speaks and Elijah listens. And I just wonder today, how are you doing on that listening part of it? I said earlier, I believe many of you are here because you sense the call of God on your life, not just for ministry, but into the marketplace. There have been some incredible men and women who have graduated from this university and gone on to do great things both here in Minnesota and around the world. And God's calling you and he's ready. He's getting ready to send you and place you somewhere. But a lot of times we get here and in the midst of a process, we get frustrated and we try and figure things out on our own. And we try and do things. But can I tell you today, if it's something, if your dream, your desire is something you can accomplish on your own, it wasn't a God-sized dream in the first place. Are you willing to be obedient even when it doesn't make sense? According to the words, what we read here, Elijah was probably by the brook for a year or longer being fed every day by ravens twice a day. It would have been a whole lot easier if, if, if Elijah, if God had maybe sent the food for the week, right? I mean, like, hey, if you'll just send me the food for the week, God, I will trust you. But no, he was there. The raven brought the food the morning and he had to wait. And I wonder sometimes what would have happened if Elijah had decided I'm out, if he decided, God, this isn't going the way that I thought it's supposed to go. God, this is not working out according to my plan. And he said, no, I'm going to do me. You take care of you. Goodbye. We'll figure this out another time. You know, the next thing that we read is he goes from there. God, when the brook dries up, God sends him to the town of Zarephath. And he meets a widow there who God says to him, hey, she's going to provide food for you for the rest of the drought. And he says to her, you can see in verse 14, he says, hey, he says, make food. He said, God will provide for you for the rest of this drought if you make food for me first. How did he know that he could trust God in that? He just come through a process where he had seen God daily provide every need. And if he had short-circuited the process he could have missed out completely on who it was that God was preparing him to be. He goes from there in Zarephath to stand up against the prophets of Baal in, 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 on Mount Carmel. And he knows that he can call on God and he knows that God will provide and send fire to consume the sacrifice. Not because of something he learned in, 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 in Sunday school or at church, but because he had walked through a process. Young person in this room, you need to hear me today. You are in the midst of a process. This is not the end road. This is the middle of it. And unless you and I are willing to submit to a process, we will never become the man or woman God created us to be. Six years ago, I was sitting in my room, sitting there trying to figure out, praying, crying out to God, God, how is this work? How is this going to work? If somebody had come up to me six years ago and said, Parker, God's preparing you because in a few years you're going to be in Minnesota, I probably would have laughed at them. I had never been to Minnesota before last fall. Didn't know anything about it other than it gets cold. And they're right, it does get cold up here. <laughs> From the south, when we were in Belize, in Central America, as a missionary kid, I lived 100 yards from the water. I couldn't swim in it, but I lived there, okay? So I'm like, from the beach, I'm like, God, are you sure about this? And if somebody had asked me, I'd say no. But you know what? That, 
me submitting and saying, God, I trust you. I'll go where you lead. Led me to a small town in Texas, Plainview. It's called Plainview because everything is literally in plain view. There's no trees. There's nothing. But I served there faithfully as God called me for several years, which led to me being able to step into the role of district youth director in West Texas. And while I was in West Texas in that role, one of, my, one of the things I got to do was I got to, I got to invite speakers in to speak for camp. And in February of 2016, I'm in this, and, and I heard the name of this guy named Jeff Grinnell. I'd never met him before, but I just sent him a random email one in February. I said, hey, my name is Parker. I live out in the middle of nowhere. Would you be willing to come and speak for a camp for us? And in June of 2017, Jeff shows up, and we met in between those times. But I'm just thinking, man, this is great. I was in the middle at that point of a process, a process that did not feel good, that was not what I had requested. But I'm in the midst of a process, and Jeff comes in, and he hears my heart. And a few weeks later, he takes my resume, and he, submit, he gives my resume to Pastor Vicki Graham, who's a pastor, family life pastor at Cedar Valley Church. And I get a call in an afternoon from Pastor Vicky, I was like, who's calling me from Minnesota? I'm thinking, God, what is this? And the call led to an interview, led to opportunity, and led to ultimately a year of us being here now. And my heart and my desire is to serve the next generation at Cedar Valley here at North Central for at least the next 10 years or longer should God allow us to. But it didn't happen without a process. And the process doesn't always feel good. In fact, there were plenty of nights where I cried. I said, God, you got to take care of my family. But I knew that I could trust him because from one step to the next, he had provided. And each step of the way, he showed again and again who he was. He didn't need my platform. He wanted my obedience. And he led me through the process to a place where I can hardly even believe that I get to serve and to be a part of what he's doing here in Minnesota. Don't lose sight of what God's calling you to do because of the process you're going through right now. Because today, no matter where you are, what you're facing, how difficult it may seem, you hold on to the fact Not just that you've been called, but that he called you and that he's with you and he's leading you. And if he's been faithful up to this point, he's not going to stop now. So I don't know where you're at today. But I know that in the midst of the process, my God's been faithful. And maybe today, that's where you're at. It's halfway through the semester. You're low on chapel skips and class skips. No judgment here. Trying to figure out, God, am I where I'm supposed to be? And I think God would say to you, as you said to me, Parker, don't lose hope or lose sight of me. Because I'm faithful. Would you close your eyes and allow me to pray for you this morning? God, I thank you for each student in the room today. Each one you're bringing through a process positioning them, preparing them, cutting away, making them ready for the next step. 
God, today, pray you would speak, that you would show yourself present in their lives and allow them to know the same God who called them to this place is faithful to lead them through him. I love you, God. So here's the deal. <coughs> Chapel's over. And if you need to go, you got class, you got lunch, or whatever else, you're free to leave. But maybe this morning, maybe this morning you need to take a moment in the midst of the situation and invite God in and say, God, I need you here in the midst of the process. I'd love to pray with you and love to pray as God is preparing you. But if you need to go, please know you are free to slip out. And if you want to find a place here, just again, a dedication of invitation, activation, you do that. And let's seek God. He's with you in the midst of the process. God bless you. Have a great day. The rest of your classes today.